Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. It's my privilege to be with you each weekday in the spring semester uh, that we have classes, so February, March, and April. Uh, each day, and we'll finish, I guess it's Friday, April 30th, will be our last one of the semester. As I mentioned in the intro, we always look at one of our college lectionary texts, and that's simply a series of Bible texts that we use to kind of guide our life together and uh, help us to kind of, uh, they're the texts we read at morning and afternoon prayer, and they're also texts which uh, faculty and staff are encouraged to use kind of on their own for their own thinking and devotion. So, uh, Each day we have a psalm and an Old Testament reading and a New Testament reading, and there's always a theme for the week, and this week's theme is repentance, and that's, of course, in keeping with the season of the church year that we're heading into this Wednesday, the 17th, is Ash Wednesday, and so um, this is a time of deep introspection, the series of uh, the season of Lent. It's a time for us to be aware of what's going on inside of us and aware of the very real need for renewal and change that we all consistently have. And so we're going to uh, take a look today at three texts as always, Psalm 90, 1 to 12, Ecclesiastes 12, 1 to 8, and Acts 2, 29 to 40. And if you would like to read those texts and pause the player and come on back, that's fine. I always share thoughts on one of the texts, and I'll do that today from the Old Testament reading from Ecclesiastes. Let me read that for you. Again, Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 8. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years draw near when you will say, I have no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return with the rain, on the day when the guards of the house tremble and the strong men are bent, and the women who grind cease working because they are few and those who look through the windows see dimly. When the doors on the street are shut, and the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. When one is afraid of heights, and terrors are in the road, the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because all must go to their eternal home, and the mourners will go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped, and the golden bowl is broken, and the pitcher is broken at the fountain, and the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the breath returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. All is vanity. So what a what a cheery book Ecclesiastes is, huh? <laughs> Not exactly. Um, This text uh, just seems to pile image upon image saying, you know, remember your creator now in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and then just piles image upon image upon image of kind of the meaninglessness of life and how everything grows old and everything dies. And um, it just, again, piles up enough that Christians often kind of wonder what to do with this book because it it feels like kind of an outlier um, in some ways in the scripture it's hard to imagine uh, Jesus comfortably saying this without feeling the need to explain himself in some way. Um, 
so it's it's a very it's a very challenging text. At the same time, Ecclesiastes is a book that is kind of a favorite of undergrads, and uh, it certainly was when I was a college student. Um, I think it's in part because uh, as we mature, um, part of what we do is we we realize how complicated life is. That the things that seemed simple before no longer seem simple, and and in certainly in American culture, and I presume around the world in some ways. Um, that's kind of perceived as a marker of growing up, you know, when you when you are able to see how complicated things are, and you're able to sort of see the feet of clay that your heroes have. And so Ecclesiastes just tends to be a book that students really gravitate towards. <clears throat> you know, when I think through how I process it, particularly, you know, this idea that everything is meaningless, you know, just... You know, remember, G remember God now while you can, but, you know, in the end, everything, you know, the dust returns to the earth and the breath goes back to God. For me, it's always nice to read this at the beginning of this week, because I feel like that's kind of where repentance starts. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but oftentimes the thing I think that prevents us from doing the really hard work of repentance is this sense we have that if we repent, we're going to have to let go um, of a lot of uh, important things in our lives. You know, I'm dean of the chapel at, at Houghton, like I say, and so sometimes if someone comes to me and says, you know, you're wrong about this, well, I have kind of a professional stake in being right. <laughs> and so it's hard sometimes to let a voice in that tells me I'm wrong because inwardly I know that means kind of rethinking through some things and it means that if I have been wrong perhaps there's someone that I need to apologize to if I have been wrong perhaps I need to change going forward um, and perhaps there's a way that I need to do that that might be inconvenient both to my professional life and to the image of myself that I carry around with me. Um, in short, it's hard for people to repent when they feel like they are something, when they've arrived. Um, it's not hard for people to repent um, when they realize, you know what, there's nothing, there's no real me at stake here. Um, what makes it hard for us to, you know, I, I was thinking about um, in, in light of um, the accusations and and now the the study that has come out um, detailing what's going on in Ravi Zacharias's life, right? Part of the reason why it was hard for Ravi to apologize, I'm sure, and why it was hard, I think, for people who were around Ravi to kind of call him to account. Part of the reason that's really hard um, is because there's a sense that we've built something together and that thing might be at risk if we acknowledge the wrongdoing. It's hard to, to change. It's, you know, because we realize that change could be costly. It could cost us our livelihoods, our jobs, our reputation, the jobs and reputation of people that we love. Um, so often we kind of build these things and then it's hard to repent because we think we'll lose them. And so... I think Ecclesiastes, for me, fills the really pivotal function of reminding me, hey, 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 all this thing you think you've built, you haven't. <laughs> it's nothing, you know. Um, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, after I'm gone, my children will remember me and maybe my grandchildren and, 
and maybe a great-grandchild or two, but I don't harbor any illusions that I'm kind of an eternal figure that will be remembered forever, right? I'll be with God, and God alone gives me my identity and my security and my life. But, but I, you know, anything I'm doing here as dean of the chapel at Houghton, or anything I'm doing at all, really, is, is something which um, will pass away. And so I can comfortably sort of acknowledge that, know that. And so when I see myself going astray, I can say, you know what? Even though there's a risk to apologizing, even though there's a risk to repenting, I can do it. <laughs> because I know uh, that I'm not risking something essential about the world or about me. Who I am as a person rests in God. And in fact, the only thing I can do to kind of endanger that relationship with God is to stubbornly cling on to things that are not true. And repentance is kind of an invitation to live into what's most true. So I think it's so vital to read Ecclesiastes, not in the sense of sort of setting this kind of, it would be bad to build your systematic theology around the book of Ecclesiastes, I think. But as far as a, a reminder that, hey, don't take yourself quite so seriously, <laughs> it performs a very vital function here as we consider repentance this week. God, we thank you for the fact that you do love us so deeply. And even in the midst of the parts of our existence which seem meaningless and confusing, you are there, you deeply love us, and you even help us to remember that the temporariness of much of our work is a gift, um, because we are always invited to turn our hearts to you, who will receive us in love, who will call us to be better than we can imagine being on our own. We pray, God, that you will help us in the journey of repentance in our lives, um, to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought, um, and to know uh, that we can safely repent uh, even when it costs us something personally. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as always, a privilege to talk with you. I'll look forward to doing so tomorrow again. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.